0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Word on the Block. I'm Sal, joined by Joe and Keith, always here to break down the latest updates, trades, signings, and things going on in the sports world. But don't forget to download SportsMe, available on the on Google Play and the App Store. Make sure you download SportsMe, join the conversation, share your take, join battles, battle many sports fans around the, around the world. Download SportsMe. A lot of big MLB news this past week. Finally, some news that definitely makes me very happy for once on this show. Joey, you want to talk a little more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of different ways that we could start this show, but all three of us are Yankee fans, so we're going to start with DJ Lemayhew. And I know more than me and Keith, uh, I mean, me too, but Sal is very, very happy about the news that the Yankees re-signed DJ Lemayhew. Six years, $90 million. Um, Personally, I know our opinions, and I think we all think that it's a good deal for the Yankees. Uh, we, we definitely needed him back. He's been a top five MVP candidate the last two seasons. Um, and the average annual value of this deal is only $15 million. He will be getting that when he's what, 38, 37. Um, so it might not look great down the road, but for right now to give the Yankees some flexibility, we, we all think that, you know, it's pretty much a good deal. I want to hear more of your guys' thoughts about that.
2: yeah uh... Well, personally, I think that this this deal, once Francisco Lindor came off of the trade market and went to the Mets, this seemed like a no-brainer for the Yankees. And Sal, I know you're going to probably touch up on this, but it kind of seemed after a while that the Yankees were just bidding against themselves. The Blue Jays were talking about being interested in them, um, the Dodgers too. Nothing ever seemed to came into fruition for that even LeMahieu's agent said they're going to start reaching out to those teams again. So there obviously wasn't any solid deals on the table anytime early for him. So the Yankees banked on that and said, Hey, we're going to give you the, the commitment of six years, but we're going to get the money on our terms. And it worked out for both teams. I would both sides, I would
0: say. Yeah, Keith. I mean, I mean, like as a Yankees fan, I really had no doubt that the Yankees would not bring back DJ LeMahieu. I mean, He's been the best player on their team for two years running. The team has not won a World Series in far too long. They talked about how much of a priority he was, how much he meant to them. Did, you, did people really think that they weren't gonna bring back DJ LeMahieu? He, he means everything to this team. A $3 million raise for somebody who finished top five in MVP MVP voting the last two years is an absolute bargain. I'm actually very, very surprised that they got DJ LeMahieu back on $15 million per year. It just gives the Yankees the financial flexibility they need, which led to their new acquisition of getting Corey Kluber.
1: Yeah. Um, before we go into Kluber though, uh, I think the Jays were second. Like Keith was saying, um, there wasn't a real competitive offer besides the Yankees. The Jays gave them, gave him four years, 78 million, I think, or something like that. And no other team even really made a competitive offer. So I think there was no doubt, like Sal said, that we were going to get him back eventually. It was just about the years, the commitment, um, and I think and I think both sides, it worked out. So, yes, like Sal said, it did clear up some room for Corey Kluber to go to the Yankees. Now, this is definitely less of a sure thing than DJ LeMahieu, obviously. The Yankees have a lot of um, question marks in their rotation. We just found out today that Masahiro Tanaka is most likely going back to Japan. Um, we all kind of saw that coming, but getting Corey Kluber is something that the Yankees probably had to do considering their, like I said, the question marks in their rotation are just endless outside of Garrett Cole. You don't know who's going to be the second, the second guy, the third guy, the fourth guy, you're hoping guys like Dave, David Garcia, step up Clark Schmidt, um, Jordan Montgomery and, uh, Luis Severino will be coming back soon, but Kluber apparently looked really, really good in his workout. So. I guess we'll see what he has uh, in store for this season. Hopefully he could give the Yankees some innings.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think I have been a very big uh, fan of signing Corey Kluber ever since he got uh, released by Texas, or I think there was an option or something like that. I've always been a fan of bringing Corey Kluber into the Bronx. He has that playoff experience. He was a Cy Young winner, and usually when you see guys that have won the Cy Young that are good pitchers, they understand how to gracefully uh, figure out pitching after losing a bunch of velocity. And we saw Corey Kluber we sitting like, I think the low nineties in his workout. And a lot of, there are a lot of um, people in the Yankees organization now and coaches and trainers that have worked with Corey Kluber in the past. And I'm, Sal, I'm sure you're going to touch up on this, but I think this is a really good option for the Yankees. There's no long-term commitment to this guy. If he's good, he's going to be really, he's going to be good for this team. And, like you said, too many question marks. You had to go out and do something.
0: Yeah, Keith, like you mentioned, the uh, Yankees had a connection with him, Matt Blake, guy who worked with him back in Cleveland, Eric Creasy's personal trainer. Now the Yankees' trainer, the Yankees had intel on this guy, and you know, then they brought and they brought him in. You know, it would have been a real shame if the Yankees didn't get Corey Kluber just simply because they had that much at their disposal. I like the signing. It, it can't be their only signing as far as starting pitching goes, like like you said, Joe. Uh, they can't go into the season with Cole and then a bunch of question marks behind, behind them. But you know, overall good, good signing for the Yankees. Hopefully he is something close to what he was. If he is, that's, that's very, very good. It's definitely a bargain at 11 million, but uh, I really can't complain, but Yankees still have moves to make.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that this deal really is just a low risk, um, high reward type of thing. Uh, Like you said, this guy, if he's good, he's going to be, he's going to be really good. Right. He's only pitched eight games the last two seasons, so that's obviously something that we're going to have to look out for. Hopefully they don't overwork him, that type of thing. I don't think they will because they're usually, you know, cautious with that type of thing. But, um, yeah, a good signing. Uh, I think we're all in agreement that they needed to do something, and, you know, they got these two guys. And We'll just move on now to another team in the AL East. Uh, Sal wasn't really as happy about this one. (laughs) The – Blue Jays signed George Springer 6 years 150 million. And then before before we start talking about this, can we get into something real quick? Um Michael Brantley was also reported to go to the Blue Jays as well, and we were all like damn, you know, this offense is going to look actually crazy with both of them. And then we get an update from Jeff Passan. Oh wait, just kidding. Michael Brantley's not going to the Blue Jays. And I feel like that's happened a couple of times now this this um this offseason where guys have gotten things wrong. Um Give me some of your thoughts on that. The the thoughts on Springer first, and then we'll go Brantley after. <laughs>
0: uh, I guess let we'll that out, but, really uh, but um, yeah. Uh, for, for for you guys that are listening, nothing ever good happens to me without something bad happening. Springer uh, to the Blue Jays definitely is a uh, bad news for the Yankees. Thought that was a solid signing for him. They finally got their guy. They missed out on DJ LeMayhew. Uh Talks of with, with Trevor Bauer. We're kind of fluid, not sure if he's really going to go there. Missed out on Liam Hendricks. You know, the Blue Jays, it's hard to bring free agents to Canada. And for all we know, we don't even know where they're playing. Could be playing in Buffalo again. I guess we'll see what happens on that front. But the Blue Jays needed a guy like George Springer to solidify that lineup that has a lot of young stars. It could be very dangerous. Now they got a good mix of veterans and young talent. But, you know, the Blue Jays are a team that's on the rise. And they see an opening, you know, with the Rays. Possibly not being as good as last year, and they they just know that the Yankees are really Yankees and the Rays are the only two teams that really go after in the AL. Maybe the White Sox too are also in that mix. So the Blue Jays they made the short they made the playoffs in the shortened season. They're looking to build on that. What do you think, Keith?
2: I think that this signing was a really good decision by the Blue Jays. I was I think I've been on here. I've been saying I think that they were going to be aggressive this whole offseason, and we all kind of were, were like we were curious as to why they were going to try and go up and go in on these guys so early in what we thought was a rebuilding process for them, especially last year when they signed Hyunjin Ryu. We all kind of like have raised our eyebrows to that too, but it seems like they actually do think that they have a chance to win this division. Uh, in addition to George Springer, they went out and got Kirby Yates on a really good deal. So they did shore up part of that bullpen as well. Uh, the, the question mark is the pitching rotation and We know that pitching wins in the playoffs, and I don't know if this is going to be a team good enough to win a playoff series. Uh, Really, outside of Ryu, I think there's a lot of question marks on that rotation, too. So, personally, the rotation's not as good as the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I like to think that, especially now without Michael Brantley, the Yankees' lineup is still better when at full health. So, I think that the Blue Jays really haven't gained ground on either team in the side that each team excels in. So we'll see what happens. Maybe the Blue Jays will be a scary team. They always seem to be a gritty team that takes a, a couple wins from the Yankees, especially in the regular season. So definitely a team to look out for, but I don't think they're ready to contend for a championship this year.
1: Yeah, I think uh, South said it best before when we were talking in the chat. Um, it's just a team that's going to steal extra wins from, from the Yankees and the Rays. Um, it is possible if the playoffs are expanded, or even, I mean, maybe not an expanded playoffs. Maybe they could get that second wild card. But I do like, I do like the Kirby 8 signing. Um I thought they got him for cheap. That was another thing that was messed up. They said that they got him for eight and a half million. Then it came out to only five and a half million with some incentives, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I think we all are happy that Brantley did not end up going to the G's. Uh he did end up re-upping with the Houston Astros, though. And what does that mean for the Astros? I mean, I don't think it means much. I'm not sure how good that team's going to be next year. Uh, But Brantley, you know, he's a good bat. So I guess Astros fans should be happy that they got him back.
2: Yeah. I mean, as Yankee fans, we all have to agree. Like, if the Yankees were to sign Michael Brantley, we would have been really excited for this. Uh, So we are happy that, A, he is not a Blue Jay, and that, B, he's going to a team not in the division. Uh, Another guy that the Yankees were looking out for, or at least Yankee fans really wanted, especially Sal, was Joe Musgrove, who on the Pirates was available and was traded out to possibly the most aggressive team in all of the offseason in the San
1: Diego Padres. Uh, Joe, how about you tell us what that package looks like? Keith, there is no possible. They are definitely, definitely, definitely the most um, aggressive team in the offseason this year. They got – we know that they got Darvish, they got Snell, they have Lamette, they have Paddock uh, still in that rotation. And now they added a fifth starter in Joe Musgrove. And, I mean, Sal says the best, right? So Sal Sal believes here that Joe Musgrove could take the leap like how Zach Wheeler took a couple years ago and be that type of pitcher. I mean, that's because he looks into the analytics, that type of thing. But the package for Joe Musgrove was, I think, five players went to the Pirates some are saying that it's even it's better than what they got for Garrett Cole, which is sad when you think about it. But um, the extra the extra thing here is that it was a three team trade, and Joey Lucchesi went to the Mets. Um, Sal, give me some of your thoughts about the trade.
0: Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass now, Joe Musgrove. <laughs> is there any reason to believe that Joe Musgrove is not going to become a very very good pitcher on the Padres after leaving the Pirates? just looking at those other two guys it happened to them but so I think Joe Musgrove is due to have a solid couple years with with the Padres that he's under team control for the next couple years but I yeah Joe I I just think he will be able to take that leap I'm not going to bore the viewers with analytics but he's an analytically gifted pitcher and he has very good off-speed stuff I think it's going to play well in Petco Park I really thought it would have played well here in in the Bronx as well but you know I never seen a team really reconstruct their entire rotation like San Diego did adding two aces and then getting a rotation stabilizer in Joe Musgrove. They were the most, they're definitely the most aggressive team this offseason, and no doubt. They're a playoff team though. I mean, I know I said this in the past how they, I still don't think they're going to take the West from the Dodgers, but now you kind of have to start to think about it. I'm not saying they're going to, but it's definitely a lot closer than it was a couple of days ago.
1: So uh, this trade for Musgrove today, we saw, that the Dodgers are looking into Trevor Bauer on a short-term deal. I mean, obviously nothing, nothing's coming to fruition yet, but they it looks like the the Padres are kind of forcing the Dodgers hand a little bit here. And I mean, the Dodgers, I did see that they don't have a lot of money tied up uh in the future. They have Mookie tied up. Um, I don't even think that they have like the like Kershaw's only got like a year or two left. Um, they haven't signed Bellinger yet. Uh but they're they're looking into a shorter deal for Bauer. Um, this would be this would create you know a crazy. I mean, it's already going to be a crazy race in the NL West, but just seeing these teams stack up against each other, it's it might it could very possibly be the two best teams in baseball in the same division.
2: Yeah, this like really, it's really weird to me how you see the AL East and the NL West both are kind of just an arms race. Like the Blue Jays are starting to jump in there and try to match up with the Yankees and the uh, the Rays now. And they have got the Dodgers just going after Trevor Bauer. I think that this has probably been something they're interested in, interested in since the offseason started. But definitely something that they are much more serious about now that they saw how the Padres have reacted in this offseason. So I'm, I really think that for Trevor Bauer himself, the best decision would be to go to the Dodgers out of all the teams that are apparently interested remaining. I think he's a better fit for the Dodgers in a win-now situation than the Angels. But as a Yankee fan and hoping, hoping that the Yankees can somehow make the World Series, I don't want to see Trevor Bauer with that rotation. And that would be that would be the best rotation in baseball, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like someone on this pod a couple weeks ago said that the, that the Dodgers will be interested in Trevor Bauer, although. I don't know. I mean, Dodgers, if they're, if they do get Trevor Bauer, it's going to be a short-term deal. Like you said, said, said Joe, they don't uh have a lot, as much money to spend as other teams, but that also is probably due in part because they just paid Mookie Betts. They still have to pay Corey Seager. They still haven't paid Justin Turner yet if they decide to do so. But yeah, like you said, Keith, if they get Trevor Bauer, they should be astronomical favorites to repeat as world series champions. That rotation would be absolute killer. It would be a, Tough blow for Padres fans like yourself to swallow, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not saying he's definitely going to go to the Dodgers, but you know if he's willing to put winning over money first, got to think that's the that's the move that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw that they're looking for um, for an infielder, a right-handed bat before him, so I'm assuming that that would mean like Justin, Justin Turner. at the top of that list. Uh, I also saw that they were interested in Marcus Seaman. How how much – Sal, I mean, I I think you would know this better than us, but how much money do you think Justin Turner is going to get?
0: I know he wants four years. The Dodgers only want to give two years. I can see maybe something – if you were to get a two-year deal, maybe something a tad less than Michael Brantley, maybe in that same ballpark. Okay.
1: I mean, so uh, it's possible that they meet in the middle and go like three for like 45 maybe or something like that.
0: Maybe. Maybe possible i know uh the dodgers were willing to give four to dj obviously dj and justin turner are in two separate leagues but
1: yeah and, and
0: not literally either but <laughs> that's, uh, uh, it'll definitely be something to see
1: yeah
2: and uh i think we have our last piece of baseball news for the week to talk about now is that what i'm looking at
1: yeah the best one
2: ah yes okay so
0: Close when your eyes and cover your ears, Mets fans.
2: Yes. <laughs> and for any children under the age of, like, 12. um, I want to say this was, what, Sunday night? Monday night?
1: Oh, uh, it was Monday night.
2: Monday yeah. night, report from ESPN came out that then Mets general manager Jared Porter had, in the year of 2016, sexually harassed a female reporter by sending her a very a very large amount of text messages, I believe it was like 60, unanswered, followed with some graphic pictures of his own genitalia. And um since then the Mets have put out a few press releases and they have fired Jared Porter. So the Mets are gonna go a whole season without a general manager, Sandy Ollerson has said.
1: Bro, real quick, can we like before we like get into this, like this whole Mets situation, like seriously, if you <laughs> If you're sending a girl sixty text <laughs> messages in a row, and she's not answering, like you don't just think, like, bro, maybe I should stop. Like, maybe this girl doesn't want these text messages anymore. I mean, this guy, no. Jared, Jared Porter, looked a little bit. After seeing pictures of him, he looks a little bit like a creep. So
0: I, you know, uh, I, I really have no words for the for the situation. It kind of just came out of nowhere. Mets, they did. They made the right move, but obviously they had no choice but to get rid of the guy. Uh, it's definitely not what Steve Cohen wanted his first couple months as team owner guy who wants to rebuild the culture uh, send a brand um, for them definitely not what you want to see yeah
2: and uh, for Steve Cohen he really had to do this because in his hedge fund, hedge fund I saw this uh, on Twitter yeah, a few years ago there were reports of him being sexually uh, discriminant and potential harassment cases and stuff like that in his own hedge fund so he kind of had to get out in front of this and Show that he isn't what his hedge fund looked like, where he just kind of didn't care about this stuff, especially in something like the MLB, where this is all very much under under a, under a, mag, a microscope, I should say. Um, you have to jump out on this, and some people have been saying the Mets didn't react quick enough. I don't know. You don't know when the Mets found out about everything, so you can't really uh, be that angry at them. They came out the next morning and fired him. So. I think the Mets made the right decision. I don't think anybody can disagree with that. Um, in the Jared Porter thing, it's every single person that the Mets said they they talked to before they hired him said he was a great person. And that, to me, just shows how, how this man could just lead such a, like, an entirely two-faced thing based on just how he acted when he was in front offices compared to his actual life. And yeah, keep- that is... That is very disturbing, especially for women trying to get into the sports world. And that is something that we have seen be talked about a lot. And I think something like this just shows how unfairly women are treated in the sports world.
0: Yeah, Keith, and, and not to say that these are similar situations. Obviously, this is a much bigger deal, but this just goes back to the Mets situation with Beltron and how there was such a dark cloud if they decided to keep yeah. him and they would just constantly be constantly be being exed questions about Beltron and cheating, if they decided to keep them, keep him. And I don't think anybody would have thought the Mets would keep Jared Porter, but if by some chance they decided to say, yeah, you know, it happened, he apologized, let's just move on, definitely would have been a bad look for the franchise. The media would have been absolutely killing them. So this this is the move yeah. that hopefully had they had to go forward with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um that's a that's a very unique situation. Like you said. The past two years now, something like that has happened to the Mets where they've had to fire someone. Um, not for things that they've done while with the team, but, you know, just just things in their past. So yep. um, that's about all we got for baseball, though. One of the more exciting weeks in uh, baseball free agency. Um, but we're going to move on now to football. Last week, we made we it again. And we had our first 4-0 week by South. Congratulations, Sal!
0: It should have happened last week, but I'll take it again this week. I actually won some money off this week, so I guess I got to live with it.
1: Keith, what'd you go three and one? I went three and one. Joe, yeah, I, think I, was, we... yeah, I was also three and one. Yeah, I think we had the same exact uh, picks. Who do Wait, who, who, who did I miss on? Oh, the Ravens. The Ravens. The Ravens, yeah, yeah. The Ravens. I mean awesome, that... that that game. That game was so like the the ravens kept it close right it was 103 the whole time and then lamar's driving i thought that they actually did a good job moving the ball but ju- but justin Tucker missed a couple field goals which is very uncharacteristic for him and then oh uh, that pick six. The, yeah that pick in the red zone was just that was the game after that and then lamar got hurt there was no chance they came back so i think that the game could have went me and keats way. it just it just it didn't fall the ball just didn't go the right way yeah, the cold. ball
2: hit the ball uh doinked a few times. Uh can we just talk about have you guys seen how um Justin Tucker makes the Adam Gase eyes when he misses field
1: goals? Oh I didn't I actually didn't his, even notice that, does it? He actually
2: his eyes like bulge out of his head like Adam Gase in his uh Jets presser.
1: Oh, you know what? Before we go into the uh before we go into next week's predictions or anything like that, why don't we take a second to talk about uh to talk about the Jets new head coach?
0: I think that's a good idea. Yes.
1: So Sal, you're, you're the oh actually no Sal and Keith are both just fans you guys you guys talk about them
0: yeah um, so um
1: Sal you can take the lead
0: yeah I mean I know a lot of people including myself I think Keith the same going into this job search the priority at first was you know get an offensive mind the coach get a coach that can work with Donald or the quarterback that they draft whether it be Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or if they somehow pull off a trade. For Deshaun Watson, uh, won't speculate too much about that. We'll just see what happens. But they decided to go a different route and get a very highly regarded coach in Robert Saleh. Very good defensive mind, good motivator, high energy on the sidelines. I really can't complain about this move. I mean, he's had success in the past. Uh, number one defense in 2019 when that Niners team went to the Super Bowl. And he even led a very, very impressive defense this year with all the injuries they had, the very uh very impressive so I'm, I'm excited to see what uh the new coach brings to the jets and they can really go okay they can really only go up from here can't get any worse than adam gaze
2: yeah uh sal i think the one thing you didn't say was the job search for jets fans was hire anyone that wasn't adam gaze <laughs> so yeah. the jets did good with that uh robert saleh i think is gonna be a really good coach i think it's the first time as a jets fan i can say that i saw Players on different teams praise the hire. Richard Sherman openly like praised the Jets for hiring Robert Saleh. And I'm really happy with that. I think that the perception of him around the league for players could be a selling point. Come free agency. The Jets we know have a lot of cap cap space, a lot of draft picks. And Sal, you brought up Deshaun Watson. He wanted the Texans to hire him. So With his no trade clause, maybe he does force his way to New York, but we're not going to talk about that uh, until something actually becomes serious with it. We'll see what happens. Joe, I know you don't like, you don't think the Jets are going to get Sean Watson, so you can.
1: Please, let's just not talk about that. Let's talk about, uh, let's do, uh, I'll finish on Robert Salah here. My my thoughts on him, um, Keith, I really like how you brought up that players like him because I mean, I know it's it's not the same exact thing, but last year when I saw like Joe Judge got hired, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then I saw like a whole bunch of different guys were kind of like, oh, this guy's going to be good. Um, I like him a lot. And, you know, I'm sitting here a year later and I really like Joe Judge as a coach. So, you know, I hope I hope for Jets fans sake that Robert Saleh is a good coach. Um, he kind of gives me Rex Ryan vibes. Just because he's a good defensive, a good defensive guy and he has that energy is what I've been hearing. And that's exactly what Rex Ryan was like. So who knows? Maybe it'll be a similar situation for the Jets. Um, but more importantly, we'll get into this week's football games. The first game of the weekend is the Packers playing the Bucks in Lambeau. Uh, I want to hear your guys' predictions for this game. Uh, you guys go first.
0: Well, if you want to listen to the guy who was four and oh nine one overall. Should definitely take my take my advice. I said the Bucs were going to the Super Bowl since the start of the playoffs. And I'm not going to change my pick. Aaron Rodgers, that Packers, de- that back Packers defense, that team as a whole, nothing short of impressive, but I gotta go with Tom Brady. They're hot. This is the best time throughout the entire season to ride this team. And I'm not gonna stop now. Going with the Bucks, it's gonna be a very close game. Brady and Rodgers are both going to show out. But I just think this is the Bucks' game. I think they got this one.
2: After watching that game last week, I really – like the Bucks' secondary just frustrates me watching them play. And the offense didn't look great. Now, maybe I'm – maybe I'm like totally like ignoring like that the Saints defense is probably better than the Packers defense. But I don't think Tom Brady is going to be able to go blow for blow with Aaron Rodgers offensively. And I don't see that secondary being enough of a game changer to say that they're going to hold Rodgers back. Like, it just doesn't seem like something that could happen to me. Like, maybe I'll be wrong. I probably will be since Sal's nine and one. Uh, But. I'm gonna go Packers this week. I think Aaron Rodgers is too good. I think he's making a trip to the Super Bowl this year.
1: Keith, what are you overall eight and two or seven and three? Seven and three. All right, I'm also seven and three. And we're gonna, oh, we're wait, gonna No, to- No, no. I'm eating two. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, either way, we're gonna we're gonna both try to pick up a game on Sal this week because I'm going I'm going Packers also. This game is more tough for me to call than the AFC game. Um, I just, I, I like going with the team that's hot. Right. And like both of these teams are extremely hot right now. Uh, the green Bay is firing on all cylinders, but I just have a funny feeling like about the Bucks. I have a funny feeling that like Brady is going to get this, this to, to another super bowl with, without the Patriots, you know, he wants to prove everyone wrong that he doesn't need bill Belichick to get to the super bowl. We've seen, that the offense is just getting better and better, you know, with the addition of Antonio Brown, hopefully he could play next week. I think that'll be a game changer if he does play because he was out after the second quarter last week. And I think that could be a reason that the offense, you know, struggled, I guess you could say, even though they did have 30 points, most of it was off the turnover game. Um, But when I really look at it, just Tom Brady knows how to win football games. That's why, that's why, or especially playoff football games. That's why I'm weary about the pick. But I think that Tampa Bay's defense is not – their secondary is just not good enough. And I think Aaron Rodgers can can pick apart the secondary. And I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I would, I would go like, you know, 35-ish points for the Packers and a very close game that they're going to win because it's in Lambeau. I like the fact that it's in Lambeau too. Um, one thing that I did think about as well is that a lot of – the Bucks have not really played in cold weather. It's going to be very cold in Lambeau this week. The Packers are used to that. So give me the Packers. Um, we'll go AFC now.
0: Uh, yeah, hold on, so, hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, what's up? You both
0: talked about, you both talked about the uh, Bucs secondary. But yeah. this is a team that just held Michael Thomas to zero. Zero receptions, a donut. Okay, wait. Think about that okay, Tom- think Michael that Thomas
2: Michael- this year is not Michael Thomas of last year. It, it really
1: it- – He said, he, said he's playing, he was playing with multiple injuries, though, that he's getting surgery for.
0: But that, I mean, that, that's fine, but it's, it's, in my eyes it's still uh, – you're shutting down number one guy. and I mean, did not do that much either?
1: Yeah, but you seriously think that Michael Thomas is in the same uh, atmosphere as Devontae Adams right now?
0: I'd say obviously Devontae Adams is better, but it's comparable.
2: You you also are gonna try and tell me that Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers is no change by the quarterback either.
0: All right, look, what well, I find, you guys keep you guys keep doubting this guy, <laughs> Keith. Keith, you should you you should know more than Joe on this, just for the fact that that Brady has been doing this toss for the past twenty years. But
2: yes, I know, I know it's Brady, but I I'm also not gonna just assume Brady can
1: make defenses good all uh, good again. Well, I mean, okay, to be fair, last week they played very, they played well, right? The secondary played well. But I also don't think that Drew B's looked particularly well.
2: He he looked old. He looked like a guy who was on the last legs of his
0: career. Don't forget Tom Brady was trying to high five that ref. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, I don't I mean, like I said, I don't think I think it's to be very close. Um I'm not discounting Brady at all. I just I, I just feel like the 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 Packers are on another world right now. They they've won I mean, I don't know how many games straight it is. I just know that, like, last week they played the Rams, and the Rams dominated the Seahawks, and then they went out and dominated the Rams. So, I just yeah. I like the Packers.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Sal, you like to talk about how Michael Thomas got held to zero. We also just saw Devontae Adams go up against Jalen Ramsey. And, true. True. and have a great game. So, the matchups on both sides look to favor both teams that won. So, it's going to be fun to watch.
1: Okay, so we'll go to we'll go to the second game here. And for me, this game is a lot more simple than the last game. I think that if um I think that if Mahomes plays, I think the Chiefs win. I'm not discounting the Bills in any way. I just feel like the Chiefs are just like I said last week, they're just one of the best teams that I've ever seen play football. And I think that if Mahomes is playing, they're going to win. If Mahomes is not playing, I don't think they're going to win. I think the Bills are going to win. But how about for a quick second we talk about Chad Henne? and that gutsy performance last week with Andy Reid um, going for it on fourth down when it looked like it was going to be a fake. I think that was, you know, Andy Reid's uh, obviously a legendary coach, uh, and it was it was a great heads-up play. Uh, but tell me your guys' opinions on this week's game.
2: I think that, like you said, when, when Pat Mahomes was in there, that team looked like it was steamrolling. It looked really good offensively. And – I think the Bills are a better team than the Ravens. Well, I mean, we did just see them beat the Ravens. But even matching up against the Chiefs, I'm saying. So I I think this is going to be a good game, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. Pat Mullins plays, and it looks like he's going to play. I don't see a way they can lose. That defense has looked really good.
0: It's kind of hard to really make a prediction about this game, not knowing whether or not Patrick Holmes is going to play. But yeah, if he does play, you got to think, is he going to even be a hundred percent? Like it's, I I know. Uh, I think we all agree that that Buccaneers, uh Packers game was going to be very close nonetheless. So obviously, we're split on that, but this game, I it, it seemed like if Mahomes played, we would all say Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. But it's really uncertain now. I mean, it, it, if he plays, is he going to be hundred percent? If he doesn't play. I don't I, I, for myself. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to win that game, but it's kind of the tale of two swords here. Is he gonna, if he plays, they'll win. If he doesn't play, they're not going to win.
1: So you so you're on the same boat as me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, if Mahomes plays, I'm not going to say the Bills have no chance of winning. This is still a very very good team, and they showed it this playoffs and throughout the regular season. But and and like I said, if Mahomes isn't 100, they still they, they 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 have even an even better chance. So, uh, um, I really don't know.
1: I think one of the really underrated things here, I would love to see. I mean, I did just pick the Packers, but, but I would love to see Brady play Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think that would be really cool. Just, you know, we obviously all think that Brady is the greatest of all time. And we think that, although oh, it's premature. Two of us
0: know. Two of us why,
1: oh, yeah, I guess that's sure. I forgot yeah. about Keith's uh, mm-hmm. fantasy world. Who's Who is the greatest quarterback of all time then? Uh, probably Joe Montana. You never even watched Joe Montana
0: play. <laughs> I know. I mean, but i never seen Michael Jordan play, and I think he's the GOAT. You think Michael Jordan's a yeah, GOAT,
2: and you never seen him play, so don't start this argument. Arguing. Yeah, but oh, – I'm No, I'm, I'm talking, saying, no, I'm
1: I'm talking to Joe. Yeah, but hold on. <laughs> uh, at least, like, me and Sal have watched, like – like, I'm, I, I'm speaking for myself more, but I'm pretty sure Sal has also watched, like, film – like, we've seen Michael Jordan play basketball before. Like, um – I've seen Game Six of the what was it? His last Finals, the '98 Finals, just games like that. Like we watched the Last Dance. Like, have you ever watched Joe Montana play a game of football?
2: I've never sat down and watched a whole game of Joe Montana, but I've seen I've seen like
1: highlights and stuff.
2: Okay, well, I can't, well, say, gonna... I can't say I'm determined to sit down and watch
1: Joe Montana play football anytime soon. Yeah, we're get we're getting off topic, but I just wanted to say, like, I feel like Mahomes yeah. and Brady would be would be a great Super Bowl.
0: I agree. I honestly, uh, yeah. I mean, these four teams, I think they're all must see. I think no matter what, we'll get a very, very good matchup. I think. I think
2: the weirdest matchup would probably be Rogers versus Josh Allen. Yeah, Two like one. Brady, Brady, Brady Allen kind of makes sense because it's Brady against an AFC East team.
1: Yeah, that's the Packers and Bills will probably have the least storylines. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so, I mean, that's pretty much all we got for football. Uh, We'll go into basketball just real quick, just touch up on some things. Um, There wasn't – it wasn't a crazy week besides the fact that James Harden is now a net, uh, and he's been nothing short of spectacular in the first two games. So, we'll let Keith um, talk about that because, you know, he's the Nets guy here. But before you do, the first player ever with 30 points and 10 assists in back-to-back games to start, A career with the franchise. Um, Him and Kevin Durant look like they have great chemistry. We'll see how Kyrie Irving fits into it. But, Keith, give us your thoughts.
2: Yeah. um, James Harden, personally, more impressive as a passer than advertised. You see him playing basketball on your team, and you're like, wow. He's really good passing. And he hasn't looked very selfish with the ball. Uh, Just looking at the games he's played, I think Kyrie Irving – is more ISO-dependent than James Harden. And James Harden's a guy that's sat in a system that's been calling ISO score for the last, what, three, four years at least. And I'm I'm excited to see what happens. Uh it seems like James Harden is bought into letting KD be the guy. He's going to give KD the ball when KD needs the ball when KD's hot. We saw it happen just last game. And I'm excited to see what this team can do. Defense is easily an issue, and especially in the big-man position but DeAndre Jordan somehow played good defense against Giannis Antetokounmpo on Martin Luther King Day. I don't think that's an answer come the playoffs, but it's encouraging to see Steve Nash try to figure out something to do defensively. Uh, Kyrie Irving's back today. First game, they're playing the Cavs. So that's going to be interesting to see. I know right now they're playing. They've looked pretty good to start the game. Um, I really... We need to talk about the other side of this trade package as well because we didn't really touch on it. And I don't know if we talked about this, if this happened before the podcast last week or not, but Kairos LeVert had a physical and it did not come out perfectly. It is found that he had a mass on his kidney and he is out indefinitely. Now, hopefully it is nothing major, but they're saying that they have no idea yet.
1: Yeah, you just yeah. oh you saw, go
0: ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, it's a real shame. That's that's terrible news. Karis LeVert, uh young player with a bright future. And he even said, you know, if this trade never happened, it might have might have his life got saved by this trade because he might not might not have ever found out about that health issue, but nothing but the best for him. Hopefully he gets through it. Uh hopefully he's on the court soon because yeah, I was excited to see him on a, a team that he is the focal point of uh, a contending team as well in the Pacers. So uh, hopefully he gets back on the court soon.
1: Yeah, I I agree completely. Um, It's, it's similar to the situation last year or was it two years ago? Um, Well, no, I guess, yeah, two years ago now when Anthony Davis got traded to the Lakers and Ingram went back to the Pelicans and he had a blood clot, um, but he ended up being healthy enough to play and, Obviously, we've seen how he's blossomed in New Orleans. So hopefully the same thing could happen for Karis Levert. Uh He has a bright future. And when I think about it more and more, um, I wasn't sure why they traded Old Depot for him in the beginning. But, I mean, now when you think about it, uh, hopefully, you know, God willing, he's healthy. Him and Sabonis and Miles Turner, they kind of all fit, and M- Malcolm Brogdon, they, they kind of all fit on the same timeline. Uh, they're close to each other in age. So hopefully that could work out for for the Pacers and for Karis LeVert. Um, yeah and um
2: hey i think everybody kind of knew that this was gonna be Depot's last year in indiana so indiana did a good job getting something back for him and a guy that's locked up in liver and like Sal said, this trade might have saved his life um i do think he's gonna be good there it really sucks for me because i've seen like he lost a year in college to injury lost that that year that they made the playoffs A majority of it's at horrendous foot injury and he even got hurt a little bit last year. It, it it really sucks because I thought he was gonna have a really good year, a healthy year. And he has not been able to have that yet. But every time he steps on the court, cool, he's been nothing short of great, at least in my eyes as a Nets fan. Um Jared Allen, I hope really does well. He had a very surprising season, uh at least to me. So I'm excited to see what they can do uh elsewhere. But Let's not get off topic. I can talk about the Nets all, all day if I really wanted to.
1: Yeah. Um, just besides James Harden, is there anything else you guys uh, want to talk about from this week as far as basketball? I know that the Warriors kind of shocked the Lakers last uh, – what was it, two days ago now? Um, it, for me, it's just a blip in the road for the Lakers. They kind of – I feel like it's, it's similar to, you know, kind of that championship team in the next year. I think that they just – they're getting a little bored. Um, hopefully they could they could play well tomorrow though against the Bucks, And then they have a game upcoming against the Sixers as well. Uh, so hopefully they play better in those games. But the Warriors again, uh, we spoke about them last week of the week before, I think. And Steph Curry, you know, he's shown everyone that he can still be an MVP caliber player. So that's my take from this week. If you guys got anything else.
0: I mean, if you guys want to talk about your favorite teams, uh I guess we can't leave out the number one defense in the NBA. In the New York Knicks coming off of uh back to back wins, absolutely embarrassing and blowing out the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Such a shame for them. And having a nice uh slug fest with the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I don't a mean, nice, nice
1: slug fest. I don't I don't mean
0: slug fest as far as high scoring. I mean absolute sloppy play on both sides. But good to see the Knicks come out with the win. Tom Thibodeau for coach of the year.
1: Yeah, right now. I mean, mm. yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I they usually don't give Coach of the Year to to teams that like are like low in the standings. It's more like yeah. a, a, a good record team. Yeah, usually it's like a team up there. So I mean, I guess we'll see as the season progresses. Oh, like I,
0: like, like the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference.
1: Why? Who? Who, who are you talking about?
0: And the Knicks are the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference.
1: Oh, are they actually right now?
2: No, I was thinking more of like a team that's tied for like the two seed, like the Nets and Steve Nash. But I mean, if you want to go that way, I mean, Steve Nash.
0: I could coach this Nets team. I can coach this Nets team. I can stand there and watch KD put forty hard and put thirty, and and Kyrie. He's back tonight. I can see him put thirty up as well. Well, no, Sal, I, I can do that. But,
2: but Sal, I thought I, I thought that. there was only one basketball, so it's gotta be a. It's gonna be really hard
1: to coach.
0: Uh, I'll be there to. I'll be there to pass Harden and Kyrie another ball if they if they want. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's all. Good.
1: All right. all right, I think that's uh I think that's all we got for this week. Um not much to talk about for basketball. Hopefully we get more into that next week. Um, but baseball definitely ramped up. Maybe we'll see something with Trevor Bauer happen. Uh but yeah, we'll be back with the NFL picks as well. So see you guys next week. See ya. Take care.